0: underwriting for auto line this week is provided by
1: we are iac group a global tier one supplier of vehicle interior solutions that span the rapid ever-changing needs of today's industry from interior design and engineering to manufacturing and delivery iac our heritage your advantage
0: from the auto line studios here is your host john mcelroy Welcome to AutoLine This Week. We've got a terrific show for you today. My special guest is Dr. Walter Keep. He's just come out with a book here called Bridge Builder. This man is an expert in building German-American relations. He's an entrepreneur. He's been a politician. He was the treasurer for the Christian Democrat Party in Germany. But for purposes of this discussion... He also served for 21 years on the supervisory board of Volkswagen. I think I've got that right, Dr. Keep. Is that right? 21 years?
2: 21 years, The
0: yes. oldest serving board member in the history of the company. Yes. Welcome to AutoLine.
2: Thank you so much. Thanks for the invitation.
0: It's great to have you here. And also joining us today are Mike Ramsey from The Wall Street Journal and Christina Rogers from Automotive News. Great having the both of you here, too. Thanks. Uh, Dr. Keep, I think we have much to talk about, but let's go right now to the present in Europe in the automotive industry. We see the European Union economy slowing down dramatically, and this is especially impacting automakers who have too much capacity. Too many plants, too many workers, but as you know, it's very difficult to close plants or lay off workers. Opel is especially being hurt by this. It's losing all kinds of money. How do you see this being resolved, or can it be resolved?
2: Well, uh, the fact of the the matter is that uh, some companies are doing very well and other companies are having problems. Uh, Volkswagen, Mercedes, and BMW have very good figures. They're still enjoying growth. Uh, Others uh, have problems. And uh, uh, the the future, of course, uh, is uh, uh, interesting in the sense that the domestic market is, is, is one thing, And the export is the second thing. And um, as far as Volkswagen is concerned, we are living to see the miracle that China becomes a bigger market for Volkswagen than Germany was for Volkswagen. And um, the, the Chinese development is by far over. New plants are being built, and the next plant that is going to be built is going to be one which is not where the others are, but quite over in the west of uh, uh, China. But in general, the auto market situation in Europe is not as dramatic as you have put it, I think. Uh, There are problems. Opel is a big problem. And um, we have some difficulties to understand why uh, GM uh, is not uh, acting more, uh, uh, with more intervention in this in order to stabilize, because the Opel products themselves in Germany are abs- absolutely competitive. But
0: what General Motors will say is, I think, that it still has too much capacity, but it is unable to close plants and lay off workers. Uh, do you think it will simply get to the point where it's such a crisis that they will be able to close those plants and lay off people? Or is it simply going to have to accept this as a fact and, and lose money for years to come?
2: Well, I, I, I certainly hope that the, the plants will remain and, uh, because they're, they're good plants and they have excellent workers. Uh, the, the staff of the Opel workers in Germany uh, is absolutely uh, uh, competitive with, with the standards of Volkswagen and Mercedes. So there's no reason why why they should fail. And
1: uh, what we think uh, Opel needs is more support from GM. May I ask, uh, <clears throat> when you say more support from GM, what it makes me think is that it appears from a competitor's standpoint, from Volkswagen's standpoint, General Motors could be supporting Opel in a way to drive their sales higher, but they're choosing to sort of let Opel struggle and perhaps uh, their Chevrolet brand, which is doing better in Europe, grow. That they maybe are choosing to let Opel kind of die on the vine and let Chevrolet grow. Is it, am I interpreting what you're saying correctly? Or? Well, that's a, I think that's a terrible
2: uh, uh, picture that you have just uh, uh, mentioned <laughs> because uh, you, you, this would imply, of course, that the workers of Opel would would have to face uh, the end of their employment and uh, because Chevy and Opel are two different things. And if you wanted to switch from Opel to Chevy in Germany, Uh, You are then, of course, in a different class. You are are competing with uh, uh, Mm -hmm. Daimler-Benz and, of course, also with Audi. And um, that would not help these people. The the big concern in Germany is that these uh, workers uh, are are beginning to doubt that America's GM is still behind them.
3: So on that point, what can be done? I mean, what kind of intervention would you like to see?
2: Well, this is not for me to, to, to counsel General Motors or to, but just to, to support the, these plants in, in Germany by giving the workers the security that General Motors, perhaps with changes, perhaps with new lines, perhaps with new product, stands behind them. And that is what I find is missing. I find Volkswagen
0: a fascinating company to watch, especially right now. It is so powerful. As you know, they want to set a sales goal of being number one in the world by 2018. Yeah. When you look from a revenue and a profit standpoint, Volkswagen already is number one yeah. and by a wide margin, yeah. too. And yet it's a, it's a complicated company that has Uh, almost essentially uh, family ownership with the Porsche and the Pieck families. How is this resolved at the board level, at the supervisory board level, where you have shareholders and everything, but essentially family control?
2: That's a $64,000 question. (laughs) Indeed, a very difficult one, because uh, the family uh, owns both, and the family bought uh, Volkswagen, And uh, many, many people in the world internationally watched this takeover process. Volkswagen is taking over Porsche. And they invested an incredible amount of money in buying Volkswagen shares. And and then, of course, uh, were somewhat disappointed when nothing really happened. And uh, there are many, many suits pending against Volkswagen. And uh, the question is how this is to be solved. And during the the period uh, where one finds a solution, uh, the uh, unification, the the takeover and the implementation of Porsche in Volkswagen will have to wait. So it's, it's not a very pleasant. Uh, uh, set of circumstances but i think it's going to be solved
1: I, i'm on this line john brought up that volkswagen has been extremely ambitious uh in terms of stating its goals um to to grow and there's nothing wrong with that but there it seems like in the auto industry the more ambitious you are and the more set on growth you are the more likely it is that you are going to be the next company to, to <laughs> have the grand fall. Um, do you, are you concerned at all about the tone that um, Dr. Winterkorn has struck with this ambitious goal? And what has happened to other companies that have been very ambitious like this? Uh, by uh, ambitious goal, you are referring to the, becoming the number one. And uh, but, but just, not I mean, just that, but they're, they're, you know the targets they've set in the United States uh, for sales for Audi and Volkswagen are so ambitious that they almost are un, unmeetable. Unless I mean, I don't know how that they could meet them. I mean, it would be extremely challenging for them to meet them. But it seems like the it seems like they're putting dramatic pressure on sales growth around the world, and that other companies have done this, and it's not been yeah. the outcome hasn't been good.
2: But sales growth, of course, uh, the, the precondition for sales growth is manufacturing. Mm-hmm. And um, we are right now in the middle of finishing a huge plant in the United States, mm-hmm. which will be the basis of uh, uh, car production for the American market. And uh, I have not seen or heard any overambitious statements from the management of Volkswagen as to the position in the U.S. market. They're just working very hard, spending a lot of money. It's the most expensive factory that I think has ever been built. And I have also watched and seen how uh, Volkswagen spent a lot of money trying to build a plant and create circumstances for the people in the area that improve uh, the, the, the living in this particular area. Mm-hmm. Enable people to take a job with Volkswagen by offering them better housing, etc., etc. et, cetera, et cetera. So it, it's, uh, I think, one of the most interesting operations of a German company in America that I have ever seen.
3: Mm-hmm. Um, can we talk a little bit about the Chattanooga plant? In your book you had mentioned um, the experience at Westmoreland and the Americanized beetle. Well, it seems like uh, Volkswagen is making another go at this. They have, they have opened a, a U.S. factory, and they have a product that is tailored to the American market. Um, how do you think, I mean, they're going to sidestep some of the um, pitfalls that they made with that, the first Americanized Beetle?
2: Well, well, uh, the pitfalls are, are registered. <laughs> uh, and uh, the, any member of the board of Volkswagen uh, uh, is not only allowed to but is in, in is demanded t- To look at what was done wrong in the past. So uh, I'm, I Cannot say that they will never make mistakes again, but they have a lot to learn from oh,
3: Such as what kind of lessons and they learn from them?
2: Well, I mean the the experience uh, that we have for instance made in China which which was really a totally new field a totally unexpected climate. Uh, when I first heard of this, when I first came to Shanghai, where the partner with whom we negotiated this deal was the mayor of the city of Shanghai. By the way, a man who later ended up as Prime Minister of China. I mean, a mayor of Shanghai talking to a German company about building a huge plant in Shanghai and produce cars for the population of China, which at that time had only one means of transportation, it was a bicycle. I mean, this, this was such a revolutionary step, and as you see and as, as you can observe, it, it, it worked, it was successful. Dr. Uh, keep as you know, but maybe some of the
0: audience doesn't, in Germany, by law, the supervisory board has to comprise uh, 50% labor, Uh, representatives I believe if I I think this is right that in every factory in the world Volkswagen has some sort of labor representation for the workers but not in the United States how do you think this is going to go the the UAW the United Auto Workers here in the US would keenly like to organize one of the foreign transplants I would think Volkswagen would be a prime target of theirs as a former supervisory board member, how do you view this uh, this issue?
2: Well, you know, I would uh, personally, uh, I, was, I was there. I participated in the introduction of codetermination in Germany. And I tell you, it was incredible. Uh, the, the, the factory owners, the shareholders, most of the politicians uh, screamed and, uh, and, and uh, with tears in their eyes, it says, well, this is the end of capitalism this is impossible this and by a marginal majority it was done and today we just have an economic crisis behind us and what happened in Germany and the big companies no unemployment why no unemployment because the employment was maintained the job was not lost but the work hours were reduced during the crisis in order to meet and to get the liquidity that was necessary to overcome the crisis, and when the crisis was over, the out. saw that our experience with this co-determination are really absolutely positive. But you know, when you speak to an American or or to a Brit about co-determination, uh, you, uh, huh, you get no applause, and you don't even get any interest. Mm-hmm. They think it's it's wrong, and we've done it, and it, it's. The custom in Germany, and when I had a, a session with uh, the Ch- uh, Communist University of China the other day, which I visit every year when I visit China, I brought with them the English translation of our co-determination law, and I explained to the audience what it is all about, and that at the end, co-determination means that uh, the, the workers. Uh, along with the shareholders on a 50-50 basis run the company. Uh, and I said, uh, perhaps this is an idea that uh, are also interested for the Chinese Communist Party. And they, they didn't quite know what to answer, but they, 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 were, they were very interested. And I'm, I'm, I still haven't had a reaction from that <laughs> But going back to the U.S., yeah. how do you think Volkswagen r- will
0: resolve this representation of the workers? Do you think it would invite the UAWN,
2: or would it form its own internal work council? Uh, that is a possibility. I, I, I don't know whether there, there are any plans yet, but uh, if if the demand is there, it would be, a, I think, a very good idea to think about it. And I will, I've made an, a mental note to pick this up with my friends when I get back. Okay. <laughs>
1: I was curious uh, since you spent so much of your your time in government relations um, do you think that the uh, do you think that the the European crisis right now is <clears throat> putting pressure on the idea that the EU is a is a good body for uh, to represent all the nations there in trade because uh, you know the they're able to effectuate trade, but the individual economies are are so different. And in crisis, it's been shown to be kind of a a tenuous model. Uh, So I'm wondering, what's your take on the EU right now as Europe is in crisis? You know, uh, we talk about the
2: the, the crisis, and that, of course, there is a a crisis, undoubtedly. But um, we have taken steps to not only... uh, prevent the crisis to increase, but uh, steps which will not allow for crises in the future by doing the following. Um, And this is, uh, when I explain it to you, is perhaps a step in the direction uh, of a a, a new form of um, uh, Volkswagen or any other uh, uh, company Uh, that has a future, namely that uh, we uh, are now in the European Union uh, observing and controlling and influencing the financial conduct of the member states. You, You could put it in very simple terms, we've created a European finance minister. He's not called that, but he sits in the center, and the the states, be, this, be, be it Greece, be it Spain, be it Portugal, when they s- submit the budget, they have to submit it at the same time. They submit it to their national parliament. They have to submit it to this board, and the board will review this budget uh, in line with the thinking that uh, the indebtedness of the respective country does it permit these ambitious goals, or doesn't it? And should something be different? And should this be corrected? And this is the work of uh, uh, Chancellor Merkel, and uh, it was passed. So you could um, uh, uh, say that we have laid the first stone for a European government. I was going to say, is this the United States of Europe? Yeah, which I think are still years and years away. But I find it significant that the first step in this direction happens and succeeds it, it was done it is, it's been accepted by the member countries done in this very very touchable field of uh, balances and, and and budgets and um, it is uh, i think a sign of the seriousness and the long-term thinking that guides the european union so that all these many, many articles that we see in the press and the headlines and are we going downhill and is this the end of it, <laughs> I think we're overcome by this decision, which um, uh, had uh, its place and, and, or it was, it was caused in, in Berlin and uh, transferred and explained to all the member states and accepted.
3: Um, I'd like to ask a question about China. Yeah. Um, you played a role in helping VW gain a foothold there. I was just wondering what, what you're thinking about the market now. Do you still how has uh, the company's position competitive position changed as you have all these other automakers trying to get in?
2: Yeah.
3: Um, and do you see foresee any headwinds uh, in that market for VW no. and for Audi?
2: Yeah. There is of course competition. Uh, Chinese companies, a number of Chinese companies. Uh, uh, national Chinese companies without foreign participation I mean that that are manufacturing cars and of course uh, 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 General Motors is there, Ford is there uh, the whole world is there and we Germans uh, with uh, perhaps uh, um, uh, a little tearful smile um, had to state and to admit that the biggest market of our firm volkswagen is no longer germany but it's now china mm-hmm. and uh, uh, new plants are being built and uh, it is also very important to note that the uh, manufacturing in, in china increases but it's also very interesting to watch the importation of cars mm-hmm. uh, if you go into a volkswagen dealers shop in beijing you see cars uh, where uh, there isn't any hope that they would ever be manufactured in China. And I wondered and I found that the import of expensive cars, like the Audi A8 or the Porsches, etc., is is assumed proportion which nobody forecasted. Mm-hmm. That is a course uh, mirrors the economic development in China. Mm-hmm. Uh, China has succeeded in a relatively short time to increase the standard of living of about 400 million people to a level which is comparable to Europe or America. Hmm. Uh, That is a tremendous step. China has now millionaires. China, on the other hand, has a population of 1.3 billion people, and the remainder that still has to be taken care of these 900 billion consist of the farmers and of a very special creed of people namely the traveling workers <laughs> and i have uh, know a lot about it because I, I, I had personal contact with with the family and particularly with a child in this context. these traveling workers have no insurance they go from building site to building site. They have to travel on their own. They have to pay for their travel. They seek a job when they get. They get the job because, of course, labor is needed. And then when the time is over, they're sent back. And then they they look for another site. If they have an accident on the plant, if they are injured or disabled, tough luck. So this group, the farmers, I think will be easier than these traveling workers. The farmers are beginning to get additional rights. Uh, Also in in the direction of, uh, I call it property rights, uh, which uh, for a Chinese communist to admit, of Hmm. course is difficult. Uh, They find another formula for this. But it, it's happening. And when I am in China now, uh, let's say during harvest time, uh, and I remember when uh, years ago, when the Chinese farmers with bicycles with a trailer, uh, would pedal through the night to the next market. That's all over. I mean they're much better off than they are. So hopefully they'll be able to solve the problem of these two remaining groups of people in a satisfactory way. You know, you mentioned
0: how uh, these imported German cars are doing in China. I I think that shows the power of brands because all those imports have a 25% import tariff (gasps) on them. And the BMWs that are made in the United States and the Mercedes Benzes that are made in the United States that are exported to China have an additional tariff put on them because the Chinese are retaliating against the United States. And still these German vehicles sell with no problem whatsoever. We're we're down to the very, very end. If, If you could just very quickly advise American car companies on how to build those kinds of brands,
2: what would be the key thing that you would tell them? Well, look at the other products. Take a look. See what they offer that if they adopted it could put them in the same position. You know... (laughs) Sometimes the most complicated
0: things come down to the easiest answers. And Dr. Walter keep I think you just gave us one of the simplest answers I've ever heard before. But we're getting down to the very end here, as I indicated. I wanna thank you so much for having come on Autoline. What a fascinating discussion. It's been terrific having you here.
2: My pleasure. Thank you so much for your time. And Mike Ramsey with the Wall Street Journal,
0: Christina Rogers with yep. Automotive News. Want to thank the both of you, and of course want to thank all of you for having tuned in and join us again here next week for Autoline This Week. Underwriting for Autoline This Week has been provided by
1: We are IAC Group, a global Tier 1 supplier of vehicle interior solutions that span the rapid, ever-changing needs of today's industry. From interior design and engineering to manufacturing and delivery, IAC, our heritage, your advantage.